You're listening to Inside North Central Massachusetts, powered by the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce. Hello and welcome to the election series of the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast. Happy to be joined on the line by Chris Dempsey. He's one of the Democratic candidates for auditor. He'll be in the primary on September 6th and the general election will follow in November. Chris, thank you so much for being here today. Travis, it's great to be on with you. Thanks for having me. So we're happy to have you here, and I know you have a very um, experienced career, uh, spending time as Assistant Secretary of Transportation for Governor Deval Patrick. I know you led the No Boston Olympics campaign. You also worked in the private sector with software technology, a former chair of the Transportation Board in Brookline, also a town meeting member in Brookline since 2012. The big question is, why now? Why do you want to run for state auditor? Yeah, thanks for that question, Travis. So this job is all about standing up to protect the public interest and making state government work better. It's really the chief accountability officer for Massachusetts state government. And I've done both of those things in my career. As Assistant Secretary of Transportation, I co-founded the MassDOT program that created all the smartphone apps that tell you when your bus or your train is gonna arrive. So I can point to real results, reforming the bureaucracy and making it work better and being making it more responsive for all of us as taxpayers and as recipients of public services. I've also stood up to protect the public interest, and I'm sure we'll talk more about this, but I co-founded the No Boston Olympics grassroots campaign, which stood up against powerful special interests that were pushing a bid that required all of us as state taxpayers to cover 100% of the cost overruns of the Olympics. What I often say to folks when I'm in central Massachusetts is, If you liked the big dig, you would love the Boston 2024 Olympics. It was a $15 billion proposal to spend dollars on venues that we didn't even need, mostly within 128. And all of us as as statewide taxpayers were going to be picking up the bill. I'm glad that we challenged that and even more happy that the people of Massachusetts responded and decided that that was not the right future for our Commonwealth. So using that experience um, in both of those roles, how would you apply that to the role of auditor? Uh, if you are elected. Yeah, the focus of this job really is the executive branch of state government. It's all of the state agencies. I'm the only candidate in this race that has that executive branch experience. And we are also the only campaign in this race that has put out a policy paper of any kind about what we actually want to do when we're in the office. I'll talk about the three we've put out so far. The first is on federal stimulus funding, the $5.3 billion in ARPA spending, That is a once in a lifetime or once in a generation opportunity to make core investments across the state. The second is our climate and environmental justice plan. And we would make the office the first in the country to incorporate carbon accounting into our audits of relevant state agencies, making the office a national leader on climate and air pollution. And the third is on reform of the state police, which is an agency that we need to restore pride and trust in it has been rocked by a series of scandals it's only accountable to leaders on beacon hill i think we need more leadership on beacon hill overseeing the state police and to be very clear i don't approach that with any hostility towards the organization and especially not to the troopers who are on the front lines i think we need to honor their service by making sure that the institution is properly reformed and overseen on beacon hill so that we can all be proud of it So when you look at those three uh, plans, uh, your policies regarding ARPA, environmental justice and reform of the state police, what do you feel is the most important 
out of those three, if you had to pick one on day one, when you go in, which issue do you plan to tackle first? Yeah, I think they're all important, but we were intentional by putting out our ARPA federal stimulus plan first, because when we walk into office in January of 2023, we will already have spent hundreds of millions, if not a billion dollars plus of that federal stimulus money. So that money is already going out the door and it's critical for the auditor to jump in as quickly as possible to get a handle on how that money is being spent. You know, Travis, most state programs are funded on an annual basis. And so that means you can go in at the end of the year, you can perform your audit, you can figure out what's working and what's not working and make recommendations for how to change things for the coming year. That doesn't work with one-time stimulus funds. We don't wanna spend all 5.3 billion and then perform an audit, realize we didn't spend the money that well, but then not have any more dollars to spend. So we're proposing to track those dollars in as close to real time as possible. And by doing that, we can make recommendations in real time if we decide that we need to shift where those resources are going to go. When you look at the role of auditor, I know you mentioned a couple words earlier in terms of being responsive and also protecting against special interests. What do you believe is the most important duty of that office having to do with some of the things you mentioned earlier? Yeah, well, look, again, the, the focus is definitely the executive branch and the auditor has the unique power and ability to access the books and records of any part of the executive branch of state government. So really almost any agency that your listeners can think of is subject to the review of the auditor's office. That could be the Worcester RTA. It could be the Department of Children and Families. It could be the Unemployment Assistance Program. It could be the Mass Health Program, which is about 40% of the state budget. In all of those areas, I want to make sure that we are getting the best outcomes that we can for the dollars that we're spending. I grew up as the son of public school teachers. My parents met while teaching at the Martin Luther King School in Boston in 1970. And they were teachers who would dig into their own pockets to pay for school supplies for their students. We know that public school teachers across the state still do that to this day. Seeing that firsthand, it really made me question why we're spending dollars in, in some areas and not in other areas of state government. And the auditor has that essential role to play to say, you know, let's take a step back here. Let's see if we're actually getting the outcomes that we want for the public dollars that we're spending. And where we're not doing that, whether that's through fraud and abuse or whether it's just through you know, unintentional mismanagement or a system that hasn't been set up properly by the legislature or by the executive branch, let's make a change. And the auditor's role is to be that advocate for taxpayers within state government. I've played that advocacy role before inside of government and outside of government. Again, I'm unique in this race and having that executive branch experience. And I want to bring that to the table as the next state auditor. When you look in the long term at this office, I know you came out with the different policy plans of things that you want to analyze at the state level, but looking at your actual office, if you're elected, um, you mentioned the change that you brought to how things work with the MBTA and how things are tracked that way. What are some changes you would like to institute to the actual office if you're elected? Yeah, that's a great question, Travis. So let's make sure everyone is clear on the situation today. So Auditor Bump, Auditor Suzanne Bump is the incumbent. She was first elected in 2010, took office in 2011. She announced in the spring of 2021 that she is not seeking re-election. So this is an open seat. 
Now, I think Auditor, Dump, Auditor Bump has done a, a very fine job in the office. Um, she has professionalized the office. She's brought in a, a team of people that are committed public servants that are good at digging in on some of these key questions that the auditor's office must ask. There's a team in the auditor's office of, of about 200 people, has about a $20 million a year budget. So it's a pretty significant team. But then you think about the fact that we need to audit about $50 billion a year of state spending, and all of a sudden, that team doesn't seem so large anymore. One of the hardest parts of this job is to have the wisdom and the judgment about where to apply those resources so that we can have the maximum impact on protecting taxpayers and standing up for the public interest. Um, I think a focus of mine or a, or a change of mine would be something that Auditor Bump actually hinted at when she announced her statement about not running for re-election. She said that, number one, she's excited to see what the next generation can do with this office. And number two, that she does think that there is still some untapped potential in the office to be a robust advocate for change and for the public interest within state government. That's where I would go back to my record of being an effective advocate. You know, think about the no Boston Olympics experience. We got outspent on that campaign 1,500 to one. The boosters that were pushing that bid spent $15 million. We spent less than $10,000 on our side. We had no formal office. We had no bully pulpit. We just built that for ourselves through effective advocacy, through being good communicators, and I think most importantly, through being credible. As we put out information about the bid or about prior Olympic cities, we were putting out good information that the public and the media could trust and rely on, and that allowed us to have an even greater influence over the conversation. That's that same skill set that I want to bring to the auditor's office. You know, I think it's fair to say that probably most of your listeners do not have the auditor's office as the homepage of their web browser. You know, they're not seeing the auditor's office on the evening news every single night. And one thing we need to do to be more effective is to reach people where they are and make sure that we are using that platform effectively because that's how we're actually going to make change within within the office or within government through the office. The auditor's office has relatively limited ability to change policy itself. It can't mandate policy change. What it can do is highlight places that need to be changed and then effectively use that platform to actually make that change happen within state government. When you look at your time spent as a town meeting member, you mentioned that you've been on the board since 2012, so coming up on 10 years in Brookline. How do you feel that is really going to prepare you for your role as auditor if you're elected in the primary in September and then in the general in November? I'm a big believer in local government, and I'm guessing that many of your listeners are involved in local government. They may be select board members, town meeting members, uh, members of finance committees, uh, even even mayors. And I think local government is in a plays an essential role in all of our lives. It's the most direct way to reach people. You know, it's also a place or level of government where we have some of the tightest constraints on our budgets, and yet we have the fewest tools to actually address those constraints. Uh, and the auditor's office has an important voice in that conversation because we oversee something called the division of local mandates. It's not, again, a household name as an office, but if you're a mayor or you're a select board chair, you've probably heard of it because what it does is it assesses the impacts of state laws on financial 
imp uh, budgets are having Im implications for local budgets. So, for example, when the state passes a new regulation on uh, groundwater, for example, um, that will have implications on how cities and towns uh, address uh, construction or development in their communities. And that has an impact on municipal budgets. So the auditor's office can look at that and make an ass assessment or determination about what those impacts will be. Again, there's no ability for the auditor to mandate change, but we can be mm -hmm. an advocate within state government. And I want to be a partner to local governments in that role. I have that firsthand experience of just how tight budgets can be, just how few tools local governments have to address budget constraints and budget concerns. And the auditor's office will be a partner to cities and towns on Beacon Hill under my leadership. A lot of our listeners also are part of the business community. One thing they might be wondering is, you know, how can the office of the auditor, how can you as auditor improve the business climate for North Central Massachusetts businesses? Yeah, it's a great question. So uh, the first thing I will say is that I have business experience too, in addition to my nonprofit and, uh, and public sector experience. Uh, I worked as a consultant, business consultant, and then also as a business development officer for a software technology startup that was actually based in London, but had its North American headquarters here in Massachusetts. And proud to say that I was responsible for growing jobs and hiring folks in Massachusetts as part of that role. Um, I'm also the only candidate uh, in this race that has an MBA uh, and has the that business credential um, and, and is familiar and has worked on financial statements uh, that are certainly a part of the role of, of state auditor. But you're asking a broader question around economic development. Um, obviously, government has a, a significant role to play in improving our business client. And there's a couple different ways that that's true. One is looking at uh, regulations and laws that direct or compel uh, behavior or changes from the business community. And then the other is through direct investment that government makes, uh, whether that's into uh, direct economic development programs or even through the various state agencies, community colleges, um, through other, other programs that we mentioned um, that hire state employees and make choices about where to locate and, and where to have those employees. Um, when I go to North Central Massachusetts and talk with folks, and, and as you know, Travis, I was out for um, that uh, government or legislative meeting that you all hosted in 2021. Um, what I hear is that there's a sense in North Central Massachusetts that it's often a region that's somewhat forgotten by Beacon Hill, um, that it's not seen as you know the the vibrant economic center that might be Boston, um, and that that's where the attention is going. And I think that that's true to some extent. Um, it's important to me that I be an auditor that represents the entire state uh, and works with business leaders across the entire state. We have been literally from Pittsfield to Provincetown on this campaign. We have over a thousand individual contributors from Massachusetts, in, including many from Worcester County, uh, which is the most in this race. Um, and we have, we have a contribution from literally every single county in Massachusetts. So this is a statewide office. We are running a statewide race. And I want to be a familiar figure and familiar person to you and to your members uh, and people more broadly across North Central Massachusetts. So looking forward to continuing to build those relationships and hear from people about how the State Auditor's Office can help shine a light on all the great things that are happening in North Central Massachusetts.
when you look at the auditor's office, could the auditor's office be benefit from more implementation of new technology to keep up with some of these projects and things that you would like to audit if you're elected? Yeah, I think so. And I think also the auditor's office has a really important role actually in assessing um, IT practices more broadly across state government. So not just within the auditor's office itself, but across all of state government, including on cybersecurity. It's one of the areas that the legislature has sort of given to the auditor's office. Um, the recent research is showing that public entities in Massachusetts, whether those are town governments, whether those are uh, community hospitals uh, or other um, entities that have significant funds, but also have significant uh, access to private or privileged information, have paid out on the order of magnitude $100 million in essentially ransoms to hackers who have accessed their, their systems, um, shut them down or held them hostage in, in ways that force these entities to actually make a payment to uh, some hacker typically in another country um, where we don't have some ability to, to enforce or, or crack down on that behavior. Um, that's all the result of security flaws and an, an inability of our state government to really control access to that critical information. As auditor, we can dig in to those systems and help those entities be better at protecting that information and protecting themselves from those kinds of attacks. Now, this is a story that I think is not talked about enough, but then you hear that $100 million figure and think about those dollars, public dollars flowing out of state because of our weakness on cybersecurity. It's a critical, critical issue and something we'll be focused on in the office. One thing we like to do um, is kind of put our candidates on the spot a little bit. If you were to show up at my doorstep or to show up on the doorstep of one of our listeners and we put 60 seconds on the clock for you to plead your case as to why we should vote for you, what would you say? And we're, we're going we're gonna to time you on this one. I'm Chris Dempsey. I'm running for Massachusetts State Auditor. This is the chief accountability officer role for state government, and it's all about making state government work better and standing up to protect the public interest. I've done that in my career as Assistant Secretary of Transportation. Glad to share that Governor Patrick has made a max $1,000 contribution to our campaign, his first contribution in over max contribution in over a decade. And as the co-founder of No Boston Olympics, I stood up to protect taxpayers from a requirement that we all sign a guarantee covering 100% of the cost overruns. I live in the first floor of a triple decker with my fiance, Anna. We want to build a family together in Massachusetts. We want it to be the best that it can be. And for that to happen, we need the best state government we can be. And that's why I'm running for state auditor. Now, Chris, for those listening, if they want to learn more about your campaign, if they want to be a part of your campaign, they want to learn more about your history, uh, your experience working with the state under Governor Deval Patrick or working with No Boston Olympics or working in the private sector, or to hear about those proposals that you mentioned in terms of ARPA, the climate, environmental justice, and reform of the state police, where can they go for more information? Our website is dempseyforauditor.com. And there's more information about me and my background. And then all of those policy papers that you mentioned are up there, Travis. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dempsey for Auditor. And I'm also on Twitter. My handle there is at C-D-E-M-P-C, C-D-E-M-P-C. We'd love to have people engage with us to learn more about us and become a part of this grassroots statewide campaign.
And for those who are joining us, we're chatting with Chris Dempsey, Democratic candidate for state auditor here on the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast as part of our election series. Again, the primary for the Democratic election is on September 6th and the general election is in November. Chris Dempsey, thank you so much for being a part of the program today. Travis, I really appreciate the invitation and the opportunity to engage with your members and your listeners Chambers like yours provide an essential service and a gathering point for the business community and really the institutional community um, in, in a place like North Central Massachusetts. It's, it's critical, critical work. And I look forward to being a partner with you and all of your members in the months ahead and as the next state auditor. Chris, thank you so much. You've been listening to Inside North Central Massachusetts. This podcast is produced by the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce. For more information on this episode, links to other episodes, or if you have any questions, please visit northcentralmass.com.